Welcome to Stitch This with Corey Bradford, a podcast from Lost Debate that's all about TikTok and the most interesting creators on there. I'm Corey Bradford, also known as at This Is Corey. And as someone who has a fairly large following on TikTok, I can tell you all that it gets mentally exhausting, as it does on all social media platforms. Uh, it can really wear you out, mentally speaking. And fortunately, we are discussing mental health a lot more in our society. And a lot of people want more mental health content out there. And if you want to spend hours diving into mental health content, content given to you by a licensed professional, well, there's a TikTok for that. And it's given to you by my guest today. He is a licensed addiction counselor who is known for combining humor with his psychology expertise to give us some very informative videos about things like substance abuse, different psychological disorders, and other really important mental health content. Uh, he first came across my For You page on TikTok with some really interesting videos about addiction and withdrawals. And I actually saw someone later like straight up jack one of his videos about withdrawals and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh but i'm really honored to have him on the show with us today evan the counselor at evan the counselor over a million followers on tiktok thank you so much how is it going it's going good man i really appreciate you yeah i wasn't sure exactly what the um the podcast was about and you're and you're just like this is a podcast about tiktok with interesting <laughs> people i'm like oh cool like, there you go. I'm so right? flattered. I'm interesting. <laughs> yeah, you're really <laughs> for the you're right really reasons this time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're super interesting to me. Like I said, I like I just remember one of your first videos when I saw it. I was like, this is really good stuff. And like I think I told you before too. My wife is just now finishing up mm -hmm. her master's in mental health counseling, and I showed it to her, and I was like, you know, does this guy know what he's talking about? And like as soon as one of your videos came on, you said. I don't remember what you said, but you said a phrase and she was like, I just learned about that. And like, she was like, mm -hmm. you literally sounded like one of her teachers. And so like everything you're saying is definitely accurate. So I love that. And I appreciate sure. that. So let's just get started a little bit about yourself. Like, uh, I'm curious as to before we even get into the TikTok stuff, I'm curious to just learn about how you got into uh, counseling and how you got into the psychology field. Sure. The usual story is that my mom works, uh, has always worked with special needs kids and adults, you know, so growing up, she always had us, you know, I'd work like one-on-one -on -one with kids with autism. So I was always interested in, you know, psychology and helping people. And so when I went to college, I wasn't sure if I was going to pursue that, but eventually I, I started going in that direction. I'm like, do I go like business or do I do that? You know, but I always had an interest in people and psychology and so I was actually first considering going in and working, doing like behavioral intervention with autism. I mean, and so I'm in my third year of college and there's happened to be this little inconvenient fact, which is I'm a drug addict, <laughs> you know, somehow I still made it through three years, but you know, like starting in my adolescence, um, I started abusing drugs and alcohol and it just progressively year after year got worse and worse, you know, hit a rock bottom. Yeah, I believe there's no such thing as the rock bottom, but a rock bottom for me. And um, yeah, got help. Took a couple tries. You know, so I had this experience of going to like two different treatment centers and seeing how it works on the inside. You know, having that experience as a client or patient. And so, I mean, I learned just a lot there. And then being in like community support meetings like AA, it was a natural progression to you know, when I got back into college, I went, I moved to Minnesota, I transferred schools, you know, went back and started studying psychology. And one of my goals was to 
be an addiction counselor, like do what those counselors did for me. You know, like I wanted to be in that seat, got my psychology degree, started working in uh, various treatment centers, you know, and then during that time went back, got my addiction degree, then right away went back, got my master's in clinical mental health and clinical social work. And a bunch of stuff happened and here I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I didn't know like that you had that background with addiction. And that's something that, you know, it's interesting you, you mentioned that because my wife is still trying to figure out like what she wants her focus to be when it comes to mental health counseling. Mm-hmm. And she has worked w- with the recovery a little bit. But one thing that she has told me that some of the people in recovery have told her is that my wife hasn't never really had a major problem with that. And so she was telling me that like a lot of people in recovery, they want a counselor who knows like what it's really like mm-hmm. to go through it. Like they get, it just, it just feels like someone who's more familiar with what they're really going through. They're not just thinking about it from the standpoint of, Oh, I read this book about what you're going through, but like, no, I've actually been there. Do you feel like your experience with that helps you really see what they're going through just more? That's a, that's a really good question. And it's one that comes up a lot. You know, most clients, yes, that's kind of what they want. Uh, but I think it's a double-edged sword because that could really work against you actually, because then what happens is then I look at everything through my experience and everybody experiences addiction differently. Now, of course, there's a lot of similarities. People could relate, but that's not my job. You know, I didn't go to school for seven years and, you know, do all these freaking unpaid internship hours to like come and share my experience. Like I'm not your sponsor. You know, I have my own personal recovery program, but you learn so much more. I mean, there's so much more than just that peer to peer experience, which I believe is important, but that's not my job, but it does help. You know, I could use that, but, you know, one of my buddies, uh, he used this phrase, he's in the field too. He said, you know, you've gotten the calling, right? You're, you go through addiction, you have this calling to be an addiction counselor and use your experience and help people because usually you're lost, you know, when you're in your addiction, you're like, oh, okay, just give me, you know, some purpose. And so people get into it and, you know, you realize pretty quick that you need to shed that pretty quickly. So we call it shedding your AA skin. And, you know, you need to start looking at things from a professional lens. You need to learn site, you know, uh, mental health. You need to learn about inner, you know, evidence-based interventions. You need to learn about harm reduction. You need to learn about a lot of this stuff because not everyone is going to go through the same experience and not everything that helped you is going to help them. So that could really work to your detriment. And I have a lot of clients who are like, oh, you know, your experience and I like that and you know, this counselor. But some of the best addiction counselors I've ever met were not identifying as addicts or alcoholics. Most of the people who get into the field, you know, like usually have it in the family somewhere, you know, touches their lives personally in one way or another. But I think it's great. You know, like I said, some of the best counselors I've met are not in the field. So I I do push clients back on that. And usually I don't even say anything. Usually if I work for them for like work with them for a while or I'm in like a treatment setting, you know, they'll ask you and I'll, I'll be honest with them. And so I don't, you know, so I don't use it very much, but I'm also open. I'm like a real human of my clients. I'll tell them a little bit about my life, you know, but like I had a client who was like really, really struggling recently, suicidal ideation, younger, you know, and so there's kind of like a peer element too, because you can't take that out of therapy. You know, I can't remove who I am as far as Mm -hmm. my gender, race, sexuality, 
whatever, you know, I can't just shed that and be like, forget it. You know, like those things, you know, I'm still coming in with that. And it's not just, again, my professional experience, you know? So in this case, there was maybe an element of like a mentorship, you know, I have all these mothers all the time, please see my son. You know, you're like a relatively young guy. You seem cool. You know, like he could relate with you. He won't open up. And so with this guy, you know, like just literally down in the dumps, I was just like, it wasn't an addiction. I was like, look, dude, like, here's what I've been through. You know, so it was a rare exception where I'm like, look, I've been where you've been, you know, as a human, you know, I've been at absolute rock bottom at your age. And here's some of the things that happened. And here's where I'm at now. And here's some perspective. And I know that you can't see it right now. But, you know, there, there's there's a future ahead and there's more and you can get out of this, you know, and I think it made him feel better, right? That human yeah. connection. And so, like, you know, I wasn't doing it because I really wanted to share about me or made me feel good about myself or whatever. It's like, I'm just doing this because I know in the, you know, it's not in the therapy textbooks, but I know in this moment, this is in my best, my client's best interest for me to share this about myself. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely crucial that a person ask those questions of their therapist. But it also sounds like you have a good balance of discernment for when you need to use that personal experience and when you just have to reel it in and say, you know, I have to look at this from a professional lens entirely. And so it, it does sound like you have a good grasp on that. Let's get into TikTok a little bit. I'm very interested with anybody who has a big follow on TikTok. I mean, you have over a million followers, so you're doing better than me. Um, and I'm always interested with anybody you're, who has a big... You're going to catch up, I think. I think you're going to laugh. Yeah. My, my thing is I just don't <laughs> post enough. I, I just, I'm, very, I'm a very infrequent poster, which we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But I'm big on knowing why, because when, when I tell people that I'm on TikTok, the first thing they say is, oh, do you like you dance or something? You, do, you, do you do dances on TikTok? Yeah, and I'm like, no. someone who's never been on TikTok. Right. Yeah, that's that's something that someone who's never been on TikTok would say. But it's like there's this huge world there for anything that you could be interested in. And so my biggest thing is why TikTok? What made you want to start making uh, mental health videos on TikTok? Actually, there's this one podcast that was like actually business related. And then this one guest on, younger guy, really successful. He was talking about TikTok, how he got on TikTok and he built this like following. And then it just, it just set off a light bulb for me. And I thought, you know, I, I've been working on this book for a while. You know, I kind of pick it up, put it down. But I thought, hey, you know, like I really want to get this thing maybe published. And I thought, hey, maybe this is something that I could leverage eventually. And but as I started doing it, I realized that this is more than that. And this like scratches a creative itch that I've always had that I've never found any outlet for. I like teaching. I like educating. So so it really worked in a lot of different ways. And it just took on a mind of its own fairly quickly. So you started October of 2020. It's about about a year after I started. I started like late 2019. When you started, how long did it take for you for for it to kind of catch fire? Like, what was your? Do you remember like your first viral video? Like your first video where it's like, holy shit! Like, uh, a lot of people are watching this now. Like, do you remember how that process? Well, I kind of remember like some of the benchmark videos where it was like one that got 10,000 views. Mm-hmm. And that was on withdrawal. I'm a licensed addiction counselor, and this is one of the worst withdrawals you can experience. And I bet you have, even if you're not an addict. So what is it? Love. Even though it's not a substance, you can still be addicted to and have withdrawals from love. Yeah. I was like, what? Is that? Like, that's like an obscure topic. Turns out people are so interested in that and who have been through it. And some, I've had some viral videos about withdrawal and 
other creators too. There's really not a lot of addiction creators, which is interesting. You know, it's not a professional standpoint. So that yeah. was one. And you know, I started dabbling in comedy a little bit. And uh, I had one video where literally I, I did an impression of Chris Cuomo before <laughs> all this went down. Yeah. And it was Chris Cuomo like explaining a topic in, in, um, about sex positivity. Or it was like Chris Cuomo <laughs> talking about the difference between a F buddy and a friend with benefits or something like that. Both are okay as long as there's consent, honesty, and communication. This is something like so silly. It was like just like a quick video. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could rehash that, that my Cuomo impression, but that one got 40,000. I was like, oh shit. And then um, just starts building. And then I did this other video where I was just literally laying on my couch. And in one take, I'm just like, here's my take on borderline person. Someone asked me, like, here's my take on borderline personality disorder in one minute. People with borderline personality disorder tend to feel chronically unhappy. It's like they can never fill their cup because it has a hole on the bottom of it. I was laying on my couch and said my thing, 300,000 views. Wow. And then from there, I had a couple that, you know, I kept having these videos that would get like close to a million, 900,000. Yeah. They just yeah. had a few of them. And I see some of my peers, you know, do some like pretty simple videos and they go viral. I'm like, how come I'm not going viral? I'm good. Like, <laughs> what the hell? I'm putting all this thought and effort and these are silly, you know, whatever. And you know, eventually it happened. I had a few that would, I did the, I did the series, like kind of, you know, you said, funny, you accidentally, I did a, it turned into what's called a drug roast. Yeah. Make, I've, I've seen these. Where I make fun of it. Like, so I just did this one like silly video of like, here are three drugs that suck. <laughs> and just like That's making not. fun of like, here's why these drugs suck. And that got, you know, a few hundred thousand or a hundred thousand something. I'm like, huh. And someone in the comments wrote like, roast this i'm like oh i guess this is a drug roast so that i started this like series about drug roasts and those yeah. would get you know sometimes hundreds of maybe one finally got over that million mark isn't it so insane that like you just mentioned a phenomenon that i think i've heard every creator say it's like the ones you put so much time and effort in will do like okay and sometimes they'll do better than you expect and sometimes they'll do worse but then it's like that one you just kind of threw together and that'll be the one that's like 20 million, 30 million views. Like that'll be the one that just goes to the next level. And it's just like, there's no rhyme or reason to it sometimes. Like it just, it just kind of happens. That's how it all happened. Yeah. I want to go back for a second. The drug roast, your drug roast series are great. The one you did on Adderall was so funny to me. I, I felt like you said it was like, it was like meth's cousin in a suit or something like that. <laughs> Adderall's like meth's cousin that wears a suit, but they both come from the same dysfunctional family as they can both give you psychosis and think you have bugs crawling under your skin. Like, I was like, that is hilarious being, cause I went to college during that phase where like everybody was on Adderall because they all felt like they had to compete. And it was just like, I, and I knew so many of those people that you described who were like, I'm not a drug addict. I'm this, I'm that. And it's like, you're, you're popping Adderall every day, bro. Like you're, you're like, come mm -hmm. on. Like it's not, it's no different, but, but there's that stigma to all this other stuff. But like, you think you're not doing anything wrong because this is a prescription and I, I got it from a doctor or I really, really you got it from your friend who had the prescription. You know, it's funny but, looking <laughs> back, I, I probably wouldn't do that video again. Really? <laughs> Yeah, it, it was Why so, is that? It, it's so it's so touchy. ADHD is one of the most um, talked about mental health disorders, a huge community. Yeah. And my, and my views have evolved a little bit on Adderall and mm -hmm. stimulants, mm -hmm. you know, where I had, you know, as an addiction counselor seeing on the other side. 
mm-hmm. you know, but I did, you know, with all those, I put a disclaimer because I, yeah. you know, I don't think any drug, I mean, of course there's like meth or heroin where you're not going to, there's no true therapeutic benefit yeah. of that compared to anything else. And it's just pure devastation. Like meth. Yeah. I, yeah. I hate meth. So I always have like a disclaimer, like on that one, I said, look, people need this drug. Yeah. With all. Of like, course. People need this. However, I think I said that if you don't have ADHD and you abuse it, here we go. You yeah, know, exactly. Just kind of, exactly. you know, let it have it. Um, yeah. But, you know, people get really touchy about that because they have had a lot of bad experiences with providers having, you know, stigma and then they can't get the treatment that they yeah. think that they need or that they do need. And so people get really touchy about that one. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because on our podcast, the news podcast we do, we just covered the fact that uh, there are a lot of uh, private companies that are making it uh, easier to get a hold of Adderall. And we did Mm -hmm. like a whole section about Adderall and ADHD. And we had like someone email us about it who had ADHD and their kid had ADHD. And they weren't like super mad at us, but they were kind of like, you know, watch how you talk about this and you need to think about this a little differently. So we had to kind of look back at our reporting on that and say, well, wait a minute, maybe she has a point. Maybe we need to be a little bit more, uh, maybe we need to come at this from a different direction and and be sure that we're being respectful of people who really do need this medication and really do need that treatment. You know, and I've learned a lot because all the ADHD and seeing my fellow crew. So my views have evolved. You know, Mm -hmm. that's one of the interesting things about this journey of doing, you know, being on TikTok. I think it's really important to consume content. Yeah, absolutely. And so I've learned a lot from my peers and my views have evolved. And a lot of it kind of, you know, and a lot of this too, and it's kind of cliche, I started to understand myself better and realize like, Hey, I have that same brain structure, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, maybe it is worth looking into for myself. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty interesting as well. What you could learn about yourself, you know, even as a professional and you know, what you could learn from your peers. And actually one of the things I've, who I've actually learned the most from is followers. Yeah. Um, I have yeah. learned so much from just reading comments and hearing people's experiences and, and the questions, whether it's in a live stream or in the comments, the questions people ask, they guide you and they tell you what people are interested in and what they want to know about. I think in this last year, I've learned more than I've ever had from doing this and in making content and then holding myself accountable to try to make the content as accurate as possible, you know, because sometimes it's like I have these facts in my head that I've had for a while and I'd be like, wait, is that true? And then go like actually look at the research and make sure that there's like evidence to back up what I'm saying. Or if I'm just like, hey, this is my professional experience. I don't know if this is true or not. Like I did a video like the other day that I'm like, hey, one of my observations is that people who have the most severe alcohol use disorder tend to almost always drink cheap vodka. Well, for one, it's the cheapest, it goes down the smoothest, and gets the job done quick. Number two is it mixes with just about everything and you could hide it in water bottles. Most interestingly, a lot of folks are under the delusion that you can't smell it on them, which is definitely not true. Cheap vodka, I saw that one, I saw that video. So one, yeah. And, um, you know, so I'm like, I can't prove that. But it was interesting because like, when I made the video, I looked at the comments, everyone's like, yep, 100% yeah. my family member, yeah. me, I work at a liquor store, hundred percent sure. So I'm like, oh, cool, okay, I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, I my observation is you know correct, you know, and I, so I think there is value to one's professional experience 
versus just like the research. And sometimes usually the research follows professional experience. And a lot of times the research turns out to be wrong, you know, and so like all of it has to be taken with a grain of salt, but I think it is important. You know, there is a lot of criticism of creators, you know, mental health. There's a lot of criticism and some of it justified, right? Because, you know, we have a serious responsibility, especially with mental health to provide accurate information and and be responsible on there. So I, you know, I can't take that lightly. And sometimes, you know, it's like, like, I don't want to have to do this. I'm like, I'm pretty damn sure it's true. Let me just say it and whatever. And, but I'm like, no, I gotta, I I have to look that up. I gotta make sure this is accurate, you know, because partially because I don't want people in the comments to be like, you're wrong. Like, you know, I don't want to go back and correct myself or take a video down, you know, and I yeah. want it to be accurate. I don't want to be spewing yeah. nonsense. Exactly. That's the worst thing. I've ha- I've only had it happen with maybe two or three videos, but because I do history, I fact check the hell out of everything I mm-hmm. say before I say it, because I, the worst thing in the world is to do something. And then that one little fact is off. And then someone comes in the comments and they're like, yeah, that you that didn't happen. You did that wrong or you said that wrong or that name was wrong or that country was mm-hmm. wrong. And I'm like, ah, shit, yeah. they're, they're right. And you, you have to either go correct it or you have to take the video down. And it's yeah, it, it's happened to me a couple of times. I'm usually pretty good about it, but it has happened a couple of times to me. The, the interesting relationship between the creator and the follower. It's one of those things that I never thought about until I was on TikTok and got deep into it. And you just kind of reflected on it a little bit. I saw a video you did about habits versus like addiction. And it was, you were basically mm-hmm. responding to someone had basically called you out on something. And the way you responded to it was so mature. Like, So just because an addiction is a habit doesn't cheapen how serious it is and how damaging the consequences could be for people. Think of it like a house cat compared to a lion. They're very different from each other, but they're both felines. You gave what they said some actual thought and you said, well, wait a minute, let me really think about that. And you gave a very mature response. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that process. Like when you see someone mm. say something about one of your videos and it's like legitimate, it's not just like a troll. It's like they had a legitimate problem and you had to really think about it. What is the process mm-hmm. that you go through to like respond to that? Okay. First I get angry. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then defensive. Mm-hmm. And then I think about it. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, you know, and I got to be self-reflective about that and really ask myself, like, did I, because sometimes I'll put stuff up that's accurate or whatever, but I don't communicate it good enough, clear enough. And so it doesn't matter if my intention was good. I, I didn't do my job. And it's hard with one minute. And a lot of creators say this, like, or three minutes even. Because I know what, most of the time I know what people are going to say. I'm going to say something and I know you're going to ask me this. So I'm, all right, I'm going to throw that in there to clarify and cover the question that I know you're going to ask me because I see it, right? To make sure that I, you know, all the I's dotted, T's crossed. Um, and yeah, so then I reflect and then I respond accordingly. And, you know, look, sometimes I got a sharp tongue and I could, you know, use my knowledge or whatever. Like, you know, I have more experience than you. You don't know what the F you're talking about, but I don't do that. You know, it's not in my values. You know, sometimes I want to, sometimes I want to give you a lashing, but that's, there's no point in doing that, you know, and that's actually a very core part of my values and what I, you know, I believe a lot in effective communication and that's part of the book that I'm working on, you know, so how can I respond with kindness and sometimes with humor you know, like sometimes people are like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. And then I'll be like, yeah, I'm an idiot. 
Like, you know, I'll say something and they kind of laugh about it, you know? Yeah. I had, yeah. Like, I had this one, like kind of early on, I had this one woman and she started like duetting or stitching and making all these negative videos about me. Like I, tri- I like really, oh, wow. I really triggered her. You know, she was a bit all over the place, but she, and I'd see these videos and be like, oh, but then I started to see the humor in it and I started commenting on her <laughs> videos of me. And I'm like, that's pretty good. You know, or I was like, or I was like, I don't think she's on there anymore. Her tag was lady damned. Mm-hmm. And I go, lady damned, I'm going to make you like me. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and she'd be like, bullshit, I'm never going to like you. I'd be like, game on. So she'd do these posts about me. And then like, then she would come up on my FYP and then I would like comment on her stuff. Right. So my initial oh, wow. reaction is to get angry and be like, you know, what you're talking about. I have my master's degree, but like, then she'd come into the lives and I'd have a little bit of fun with her. I'd be oh, like, nice. oh, lady, you know, we all clap. Like, at least she's here. And everyone's like, oh, <laughs> and then like, it was her, you know, and then, so it's starting to like kind of break her down a bit. Right. Like, yeah, kind of remove yeah. her walls and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just like, it was, I don't know why I did. this shit just amuses me. I don't know. Yeah. Like, and I'm just, it was kind of yeah. like a challenge. I'm like, I'm going to see if I could get that legit. I'm going to see if I could get her to like me. She, you know, and you could tell like she was struggling in a lot of pain and a lot of ways just mm-hmm. from her videos. And she, uh, one time, you know, one of my followers like did something and we wished her like a happy birthday. And eventually she came on my live. She was like, I was wrong about you. And she's like, I mm-hmm. really appreciate it. Like, and it was like, kind of like emotional, like, but I think that just like yeah. a, illuminates like the importance of communication because right now, you know, we're just, there's a communication breakdown and we're all Absolutely. in our can. There's just so much anger and discourse and hate and, you know, fighting, whether it's political or, you know, because there's politics within mental health too, right? There's a lot of debate and, you know, whether it's like harm reduction versus this. And then like, you know, these narratives that form some, I agree with some that I don't, and that's something I'll Mm -hmm. push back on a bit, but people are going to disagree. So what do I do? You know, I either respectfully disagree or I point out the truth and what they're saying yet share my perspective. And then that breaks, you know, and then I use humor and I, you know, try to break down their walls. So like, I don't go in and I don't do negative comments. I don't do, you know, no matter how much I want to, I don't do, you see that, you know, and you'll see this all the time with creators where they'll, Mm -hmm. you know, do a response to a comment. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, you think this blah, blah, blah. And then they'll comment and then they'll go back and forth. Why why do that? I'm like, you kind of look silly doing this, you know, responding to trolls. You can actually change someone's mind. And this is what I've learned as a therapist. These are the skills that I do. I can't go and just tell people what to do or disagree with their beliefs or whatever, because it puts their walls up and then they get more dug in to what that belief is. Right. So if I'm actually trying to persuade and change Mm -hmm. folks' minds, you know, I really believe in that. That's how, that's why I try to approach it the way I do. You know, the way you did that, the way you disarmed someone by 
Yeah, that's the best word for it. Because like you said, I see I see so many creators who don't want to do that. They want to go for the react video to the comment. I've never done that, by the way. I've, I've never even had yeah, a real desire to. Every that. once in a while, yeah, every once in a while, I'll go in the comments and I'll like maybe play it. Like I'll do like a playful response to someone who's clearly hating on one of my videos. But I just never do like, I'm going to take time to make a three minute response to someone who's clearly trolling me. Like, why would I waste that time and energy? Uh, I want to talk a little bit about suppression on TikTok because it's becoming a bigger thing. Have you ever had a video just like straight up like taken down, mm-hmm. banned, removed? Yeah, I've had a few. Uh, what, how do you how do you how do you deal with that? Like do you do, do you just is your first reaction like fuck TikTok? What are you, what are you doing? Or is your reaction to kind of like look at what you did and say did I cross a line, you know? Yeah. So yeah, both, you know, of course you put work mm-hmm. into a video, they take it down and usually I will contest it. And most of the time it gets reverted and I don't take it like super personally. I just, because I know it's not a human, you know, it's like they have some kind of formula for it. If enough people complain Mm -hmm. or it like picks up on certain words, right? That's why people like change words around, maybe some superstition. Um, But yeah, there's a couple of times that like I got a video taken down and they like wouldn't put it back up and it was like, like I did this one like silly video where it was like mm-hmm. ADHD versus your computer, right? And like getting frustrated at the end of the video, I take a hammer and I just go right like to the computer <laughs> and actually smash my computer, right? But oh, it wow. was so silly, right? And they took it down and they wouldn't put that one back up. I'm just like, I didn't like care that much. I'm like, that's just like, like why? You know, it's like dangerous acts. Like, well, yeah, you <laughs> maybe, you know, I don't, you know, you maybe shouldn't do that, but. I don't think anything too bad is going to come. So I think no. I think a lot of it's automated. Yeah. I think it may yeah. be getting better because it happens less mm-hmm. and less. And I have other creators, one creator I'm, I'm friends with, and she has a unique page. Um, she's a psych pharmacist. I don't know if you ever came across her, oh. Haley. And um, Interesting. she does these like deep dives into psych medications. And they're like, I mean, just like this is like the 500 level class. You know, she's like, insane like way too smart and you know she'll do these and she was like her videos get taken down all the time you know and they're definitely not dangerous or not anything but for whatever reason her you know she i think it's maybe getting better for her too but yeah i mean there's yeah. some people that have it way worse than i do you know, yeah like total i've had maybe seven or eight taken down and of those oh wow six two to three tops got taken down and mm-hmm. not reinstated that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I think that's about the same ratio. I think I've had maybe like, like probably about five or six taken down and most restored. There are a couple. When I was posting videos back in 2020, probably a little bit before you got on TikTok, there was a period where you couldn't contest it. Like there uh-huh. was a, it used to be, yeah, if they took a video down, you either just had to re-upload it and hope they didn't take it down again or it was just done. Uh-huh. Um, so what's like one of the, some of the things that you would change about TikTok, like just as an app? Like what are some of the things that are just most frustrating to you about the app? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of them because I, I think maybe they take too much down and leave too much up that they shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, um, I mean, totally. Some with really that. nasty stuff that they haven't taken down. Yeah. Um, and I think too, like, kind of like consistency as far as views go, because nobody really knows, right? Like the algorithm is this like godlike being that we don't understand. We know some things about it, like the laws of physics, but then it doesn't always apply. And you could tell that there's some level of favoritism and it's not purely meritocratic, but 
it is to a degree. And that's why it's been successful. Right. I mean, like it's not going to be by accident that you get bigger. Right. But there are times that like my account blew up and then just stopped and literally none of my videos could go like no matter what the analytics look like, no matter how many comments, views, shares, people watching it all the way through. I can't figure out why did this one not do good and why did this one? So there's times of periods that it's really frustrating because you put a lot of work into it. You know, it's a good video. It gets great engagement analytics and you could compare it to another creator who, you know, you could tell has favoritism. And there's been times I've had some serious favoritism, but then, you know, you look at other creators and you're like, okay, I can't look at their analytics, but I could tell like my video got like way more likes, comments, shares. How come this one got 3 million? Mine got 20,000, you know, like, so I think maybe a little more transparency and consistency. And I think there should be some, like if you build up a following, right. Mm -hmm. That, you know, the video should naturally get more views, right. You know, there should be, you you have more followers and maybe you should get a little bit of favoritism for working hard and getting to that point. But for sure. From what I could tell, I think um, more transparency and like maybe more of a pure merit meritocracy. But I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Like they've grown this massive company and they clearly know what they're doing and there's something yeah. working about it. And maybe, you know, what they are doing is, you know, it's like in the best interest of the app and some form of meritocracy has to be in the best interest of the app to get the best creators but I think sometimes maybe like, hey, you know, like know, we're getting a lot of guff on this mental. And I've noticed I think mental health views have gone way down. And I don't know. And I can't say why. Um, I think it had its like moment in the sun and some still do well. But I know a lot of creators that blew up and then just. And yeah, just you fell know, off. in the topic. Yeah. And because there's a lot of criticism of mental health. I mean, there's multiple. I've been, you know, I've been quoted in articles, journalists reaching out, L.A. Times, Wall Street Journal oh, wow. because of all these sensationalized stories of people a lot of them are true but like people develop you know teens developing Tourette's everyone thinking that ADHD everyone's a narcissist and I think there's been a lot of criticism some justified of the mental health side of TikTok so I don't know maybe they're like hey maybe we want to kind of suppress this a little bit because get we're getting some heat on it so I don't know I mean they're probably doing whatever's in their best interest and sometimes those interests with creators are going to align sometimes they won't um, so I don't know. And again, it's just, that's the thing. It's like this mysterious, you know, they're just like a very mysterious company, you know, it's like very the, mysterious, you know. Like there's no one you can talk to. Like if you have a problem or something like that, there's no one you can just like call yeah. and be like, Hey, TikTok, like I got this issue. There's no like direct way to even no. get in contact with them at all. So like I always talk to creators, it's like, have you figured out a direct way to get in contact? And they're like, no, like, I'm like, I could give you, I could people give have you like, a couple hints later if you ever need to, but I mean, it's not like, great i think at certain levels yeah. that you do get like I, i've heard that if you get to like way high you know you'll get maybe some kind of representative and i think that would actually be nice that'd be great you know, like if you hit a half mil or something that you you know have a community representative or something yeah that help you know because yeah. i think it's in their best interest if you have a successful creator to keep them on your mm-hmm. app and i think there's a lot of creators tiktok um has pushed away oh, absolutely at the same sure. time, there you know it's a double-edged sword. Maybe like YouTube, yeah, you get paid a lot more, but it's much harder to grow. You don't get the same with TikTok. You get this level of exposure that you're not going to get anywhere else, you know. And that's why always people flock, you know. So it's like sometimes I'm just trying not to be an ungrateful twit, you know, be like, Ugh. you know, it's like I got a million followers. They by some 
jujitsu that I pulled got verified. You know, like <laughs> I don't know how I pulled that one off, but like yeah, I, that's that's one question I do have for you because like I don't know how you pulled that off, and we'll like talk, the, I we'll see people on that one. I've <laughs> seen people like that have less followers than me that are verified, and I'm always like, I, it, it, I don't know, but I make I make risque content, so maybe that's why. Did you have you know. tried? Have you applied? Have I? I'm, I mean, I've applied for a couple things here and there, but I've never. I, I didn't know there was a direct way you could apply to be verified. I was I was under the, the impression that you couldn't do that. It's very mysterious. Very mysterious. We'll we'll have to yeah we'll have to have a conversation we'll have a about conversation that. <laughs> on that, I'll, 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 I'll help you out a little bit. <laughs> I feel like anybody with a million followers should be verified. That's just me. I, yeah, I feel I like if you so. hit that threshold, that's yeah. a lot of people to yeah. have following one account. So like I feel like if you hit that threshold, yeah, you deserve I, I it. So. That's yeah, just I the way so I look too. at it. You know, maybe even yeah. And then it's, I think it's in their advantage too because they're saying hey. We're, you know, this is our guy or girl, whoever, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, they yeah, made it yeah. through here, and to verify them is going to be our symbol of legitimacy, right? Really, the purpose of that exactly. is just to say the verification is you are who you say you are, but it becomes a status exactly. symbol, yeah, yeah. you know, and the sign of, you know, you've made it. Right. And so uh, people treat it more like that than the actual verification of than what it actually of is, what it is yeah. of someone else trying to be Evan the counselor and post content that now they know, hey, it's actually me posting yeah. it. So, but speaking of uh, verifying that it's really you, I just I have to I have to reflect on this because I saw your video on this. And it was one of the first videos that I saw of you uh, was this video you did about the I think it was like the, the five hardest drugs to withdraw from or something mm. like that or weird withdrawals. And I saw the video you did. And I actually think I even saw the original video from this guy. Someone straight up lifted word from word. Mm that video from you when you came across that video what was your like first reaction my first reaction was like this can't be happening this can't be real this can't be real. <laughs> i mean like i've never seen anything so blatant in my life it's, yeah um it's insane at the end of the day i mean i was like kind of flattered you know like i don't care like i mean it was just <laughs> gross i mean there's like kind of this like kind of feel there's like a feeling of vi- like feeling violated in a way yeah so it's like really weird like m- like just a weird feeling I mean, I think there's a learning mm-hmm. experience in that. And he got called out sure. and, you know, lost yeah. followers over it. And, you know, that was kind of his game, you know, and he gained a big yeah. following. And there's other ways that there's ways to do it dirty. A lot of people oh, yeah, pay of for followers. Um, I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah. You can look at their numbers. You're like, your numbers do and you not can just reflect. See, and you're like, there's no way. You don't get as many views to have this many followers. There's just no yeah, way. Yeah, like, where you could tell. It's, and it's, you know, I don't, you know, like with TikTok, or any of these, like, I don't know, I want it to be organic and I don't want him. Yeah, it's just it was so blatant what that guy did. It was like word for word. He was like trying to imitate some of your mannerisms with his yeah. video. I was like, come, come on, guy. Like, at least if you're going to take this guy's content, at least like do it your own way. Because what I've had people do, because I do like a lot of skits where I'm like different countries mm-hmm. imitating them in a, in a war or something yeah. like that. And I've had people do versions of that. Like they'll do like their own version of that and they'll do the different characters. And I've had and they'll send me these videos. And I'm like, you did a good job with that. But never just a word from word, shot for shot recreation i've never seen anything i've never seen anything like it i'm a licensed counselor and these are four substances you probably had no idea give you terrible withdrawals and i bet you're using at least one of them i'm an addiction specialist and these are four substances you had no idea give you terrible withdrawals and i bet you're using at least one of them
Number four, everyone's favorite, caffeine. Number four, this is everyone's favorite, caffeine. This has got to be the weirdest one, afro-nasal spray. It's got to be the weirdest one, it's afro-nasal spray. Number two is effects or Number two is effects or It's so bad it deserves its own video. Number one is so terrible it deserves its very own video. And he, you know, he did it again. Really? To you, times. to another one of your videos? Yeah. Uh huh. What? Like, why would he do it twice? You'd think he would just do that, like, to just a bunch of random creators. Like, I'm going to steal this guy and I'm going to steal that. Why would you do it to the same person twice, though? That's the thing is, I mean, like, there's not many other, like, big addiction creators, too. That is true. But he, um, that is valid. Yeah, he did the same thing, same type of video. And then there's another one he did that was, like, the same thing, but he did change the wording or, you know, it was like the states or something, states with the highest addiction rates. And then he picked a couple mm -hmm. different states and, you know, I just, I just laughed at that. Like, I laughed. I'm like, and again, like, <laughs> this guy is shameless. I just want to talk to you real quick about monetization because I know a lot of people listening to this who may be like aspiring TikTok creators. They want to know, and I get this question all the time, like, how do you make money on TikTok? And it's very difficult. So I wanted to ask you, have you been able to monetize the work that you've done on TikTok in any way? Yeah, a little bit. It's not my primary focus. Um, yeah. But uh, the ways which I have, and again, going back to what we talked about before, which was exposure, right? And that exposure brings partnerships, brand deals, people pay to make a video. So the ways that it's happened is, you know, I've done a couple paid videos. Another way it happens too is like, let's say, you know, like for a coach or, you know, like, let's say I create a product, mm -hmm. you know, like, and you know, a lot of people do this of like, hey, take my course, buy my book. You know, they do that on all sorts of different platforms, right? So you could either sell your own products, you could partner. And then, yeah, I mean, it's notorious that TikTok doesn't pay a ton for, I mean, unless you're massive, you know, like I made a little, you know, insignificant yeah. amount, but I mean, compared to YouTube and it's not the same YouTube. thing, you know, I'd be a bajillionaire if that was the case with, you know, if I got that kind of exposure on YouTube. So there's that way. And then like another interesting kind of way that has happened was like even like a local company here you know through like connections in my normal field you know some guy i knew like second degree was like creating a wellness app and some of my stuff and he's like hey i want to i want you to partner with us and so yeah so there are definitely some some ways to do it you know i think those are the main ways i've seen that sounds pretty pretty close to my experience with it, too. I haven't made a whole lot of money with TikTok, but a little here and there. And like you said, it's really about that exposure you get. Because how I got my current job was they found me on TikTok. There you go. So, like, that's, yeah, you, that's, yeah. like, the best way I tell people to exposure is everything. Ex yeah, you know? exactly. So, I think there is, like, more value in that than just getting pay-per-view. Now, granted, if you're, like, killing it on YouTube, that's serious money. That's a different thing. Yeah, that's a whole yeah, different that's thing. That's serious money. Yeah, and so... And you probably experience this too. Like, shit gets weird, right? Like, when, oh yeah, like, <laughs> you know the type of requests you get and the type of like stuff people just message you, and then you don't know like how much of it is legit and how much of it is just like weirdness. It's like it, I've gotten so many crazy, crazy requests to just do certain things, and it's just like, what is this? Like, and you just never yeah, know. Yeah, so there's that, and then there's the fact that you know it's a small world, right? Like, just like the example of one guy that I'm a fan of and follow, right? Now I'm messaging him on TikTok, right? People are inviting me to be on podcasts, you know, like I'll find some random celebrity following me. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, just yeah, like, I've had that like it's just like these weird things that open up, you know, opportunities that open up if you're able to find success on it. It's just weird. 
<laughs> it's a, it's weird. And it's a lot of fun, and, and I love the unpredictable nature of it. So the last two questions I want to ask you, and I try to ask this to all of my guests, what is the biggest thing that you want to get out of TikTok, and what is the biggest thing you want people to get from your TikTok? That's a good question. I think there's, you know, from a personal standpoint, it's a way for me to have a creative outlet and do something that I love, something that I have not found anywhere else to be able to make content and videos. And then the other nice thing, you know, is getting positive response and following and, you know, people enjoying what you're doing. And I don't like, and I don't, and I'm kind of numb to it maybe with like the helping aspect because that's like my job, you know, like I do stuff with housing and I just don't even think about it. Right. And so when I do the content, I don't, you know, I do have to have that in the back of my mind of what's going to help, but just naturally what I'm going to do is going to be helpful for people. I don't think about it because I'm like, oh, this is just stuff in the back of my mind. Right. But then people email you and they're like, I'm sober 30 days because of you. And I'm like, what? Wow. Cause my, my video, what, you know, like I've learned, you know, and then I get a lot of my followers are people who work in the field therapists are like, I learned more from you than grad school. I'm like, what? You know, it's crazy. So like, I don't think about it, but then you get these emails and then it like hits you between the eyes of like, Hey, what you're doing actually matters, you know? And it's, it's a weird feeling. Now my approach though is like, really just like, I'm doing what I love to do. Right. And I'm doing what I enjoy doing and creating the content that I do. And that so happens to have that effect. So then if I start, you know, trying to tailor stuff and being disingenuous and doing things just to get views, and maybe even I'm trying to help people, it comes off not in the, it doesn't come off in a genuine type of way. What's next for Evan the Counselor? What do you what do you've got planned next? Like where do you want to go? You know, how far do you want to take this TikTok thing? You know, the thing is in in my life, every time I've had a plan, you know, it, something else comes up. So it's like all these places that I've found myself in life, I never planned. I never thought. So I don't know where this is going to take me. And it's exciting. And I don't have a plan. My plan is to keep my head down. I'm going to keep making videos. And I hope that people are going to get value from it. And I hope I'm going to be able to reach more and more people. And I hope that I'm going to have more opportunities, whether it's speaking, whether it's being on, you know, even larger platforms or what if I'm on the Joe Rogan show? I mean, I don't expect that to happen. Hey, it could happen. You, know, you it never, absolutely you, know, you never You're, know. You, you, you keep doing that Jordan Peterson impression you did that one time on uh, TikTok. You might just get there. You might just get there on the Joe <laughs> I Rogan show. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah, like really early on, I do all these like impressions. And I don't know why I haven't. Yeah. Maybe I'll start doing. Same here. I need to start doing them more myself. I used to do them a lot and I don't do them as much anymore. But I may, I may, I may play around with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's just like sky's the limit. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the universe has planned for me because whatever the hell my plan is, it never, it never turns out the way I think it would. And that's good. You know, and that's a good thing. Like, it's just like, that's what I was saying with the weirdness. I don't know if you've experienced the same thing, but like my life is just weird. You know? Yeah. No, my, <laughs> my life saying. is, 
<laughs> so I was in Alabama a year ago, and now I live in New York City because of TikTok. Like it's just like insane. Like I, I don't, I don't, sure to, had... I don't even try to, I don't even try to, I don't even try to rationalize. Exactly, anymore. and it sounds like you've had <laughs> that same experience of like, okay, where are you going to go with it? It's like you. I bet you never thought you'd be where you, you know. If, if I told no. you you would be, how many followers do you have? I mean, you have like eight hundred followers, like seven hundred twenty-five thousand. Okay. Yeah. Like that. So if I told you a year and a half ago, hey, in a year and a half, you're going to have. 700,000 plus followers on the largest growing platform that your videos are going to be viewed by, you know, amounts the size of countries, you know, (laughs) like you're going to have tens of millions, hundred million eyeballs on you. Would you believe me if I told you? Oh, not a, not a million years. <laughs> not in not in two million years. I would have just said this guy's crazy, and I just would have walked away. Like I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, it's insane. It's a, it's crazy that the type of thing you can get out of this platform. But it's so fun to watch people like you and others just grow, just out of nowhere, and just turn into these incredible creators and get these incredible opportunities. It was so great talking to you, Evan. We have so much in common. Yeah, we, well, we, we got to stay yeah, in we touch. We have to stay in touch and. You're going to be one of my new Absolutely. TikTok buddies. So have you ever met anyone on the app and become like legit friends with them yet? Like in real life, no. Mm-hmm. I talk to people on the app all the time, but like in real life, no, not not really. I, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm 100% open to it. That's it's another kind of part of that weirdness. It's incredible. Well, if you're ever in New York, you can uh, hit me up anytime I think and I will. we'll... we'll... We'll uh, we'll grab some lunch. Evan, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate yeah, no, it. And it's thank an you. honor, man. I'm, I really appreciate that and all the kind words you said. And you know, I can say it enough. But again, same thing. Like I was really flattered because like I think your content is brilliant. Like I, it's it's amazing. I'm like fuck, man, that's good. Like <laughs> thank so you, man. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. I really appreciate it. All right. Next week, I'll be talking to Owen Conflenti, a popular news anchor with KPRC Channel 2 in Houston, who is also one of the biggest anchors on TikTok. We'll talk to him about how he comes up with the ideas for his amusing videos, and we'll also discuss how the worlds of journalism and social media have been merging to make for some strange and interesting times in the information age. Look, if you wake up and you see that I'm smiling and I'm having a good time, then you can probably kind of relax and go about your day as normal. If you wake up and you're like, hey, man, this guy's pretty serious today. His, <laughs> his tone, you know, there's something about him. Maybe I need to just tune in a little extra. Thanks for listening to Stitch Disc with Corey Bradford. Make sure to rate, review and subscribe. And I'll see you guys next week.